Welcome in to the Fortress of Comitude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. This is a creator-focused episode. It's a show we do once a month where we pull a random comic creator's name out of a bucket and we talk about them for a while. And at the end of this episode, we will pull out the next uh, comic creator's name for next month's creator-focused episode. But Mary, who are we talking about this week? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. First order of business, ladies and gentlemen. You guys normally hear this episode on Sunday, but we record these on Friday night. So please join me. It's the weekend. Oh, yeah. I hate you. Can you smell it? Can you taste the beer, ladies and gentlemen? I hate you. <laughs> does, it, does it smell good? I don't know. Tastes good. Is it the apple one? Yeah. It's like apple cider beer. I mean, that's that seam on the can is not good though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. rough. It's like yeah. it's wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. I'll have to try what if you have any next week. I'll have to try what next week. <laughs> okay. Anyways, no gaming. Um, See, si, senor. Neil Gaiman is one of those comic creators that's like world renowned, well respected, like one of the big yeah. names. But he's not one that I personally have a lot of history with. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I don't want to say I'm not a fan because I respect the hell out of it. He's just not somebody that I've read a lot of and have been super. Haven't tracked his career as much as other people. I and guess. I, I, I get that. He he's. I mean, he's British. He's done a lot of stuff over there. He's written Doctor Who episodes, I believe. Uh, Mary can probably tell us a little more of that about that if, oh, if yeah. that's true or not. Um, but of, I think you know the biggest thing he's known for is the Sandman, of course. Sure. And Sandman, and um, we'll talk about it as Mary gets going on the history part here. But uh, Sandman can't be like overstated of like how big of an impact that book was it shook the goth world to its core well and that was i think one of the first books where he got he got equal pay for everybody that worked on that book like the artists the i mean the residuals don't just go to him they go to everybody wasn't that one of like the first vertigo books too that they gave like uh creative rights for I think so, Cause, yeah. Because he owns that shit. Like, no game, and they can't do shit with Sandman unless he signs off on all that Yeah, I, I remember when they did, um, I can't remember if it was the New 52 or Rebirth, but it was a Superman comic, and Death was in it. Mm-hmm. That was uh, pre-New 52. Um, was an and a lot of people were like, are we going to be able to get away with this? Yeah. Are we going to get in trouble for using uh, this character? It's one of my, that's probably one of my favorite contributions from Dogie. like his, his version of death is amazing that's in a, a story called superman the black ring from action comics pre new 52 so mary yeah uh, why don't you give us some history on mr gaiman sure let's go for it <laughs> sorry i'm sure so sure. full <laughs> i'm so full um, mary's basically wasted <laughs> wasted on the food oh. <laughs> I can see how you get wasted on steak. You did totally. get steak, right? I did. Okay. Yes. I'm like, you didn't go to Texas Rose House and get chicken. And a, and a, and a sweet potato. <laughs> Some kind of a fucking psycho. <laughs> I did have a drink there, but it's not. That's not what's making me. Anyway, okay, Neil Gaiman. This is not about me, even though 
It is oh, going to be not. my birthday. It's about Neil Gaiman. <laughs> it's, it's about Neil Gaiman. I like that flex, though. It's not about me, even though it is my birthday. <laughs> it is going to be like, my birthday. <laughs> like, just got to throw that in there. <laughs> the day this comes out, it will be tomorrow is my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like, the day comes out, will still not even be my birthday, but it'll be closer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, Neil Gaiman, born November 10th, 1960. In Portchester, Hampshire, he's England. He's 70 years old. He, he yeah. looks good for 70. Yeah, he does. I didn't think he was nearly that old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his occupation is author, comic book creator, screenwriter, and voice actor. Voice actor? See? He's on The Simpsons. Shh! I oh. was... <laughs> oh, sorry. It was a surprise! <laughs> Should have known you weren't going to get that shit past Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I got notable works. Um... Of course, Sandman. Yep. Neverwhere, American Gods, Stardust, Coraline, The Graveyard Book, Good Omens, and The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Most, oh, of, that, right. most of that stuff's either been made into movies or TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucifer, too, right? That's uh, that's man. that's Mike. I mean, that was in the Sandman universe, but Mike Carey is the one who wrote. Okay, so that's that. not his. So okay. the Dollhouse family that just came out, mm-hmm. the the Joe Hill series stuff that came out this week, that's written by Mike Carey. Oh, okay. But he's going under M. E. Carey because I guess that's he when he writes actual novels, that's mm-hmm. the name he uses, and that's what Joe Hill wants. If you if you're writing and you have a, a another pen name that you mm-hmm. use when you write a book, that's what he wants you to use. Because oh. I looked at him like, who's M E Carey? Is it Mike Carey? And yeah, I oh, looked okay. into it, and sure enough, it was. Did him. you say Different Books of name. Magic? Did you mention that one? Uh, I did not. Oh, okay, Books of Magic. Mm-hmm. That's another really big one. Yeah, basically Harry Potter before Harry Potter. Yeah, I did. I did have that written down that um, she owes him. <laughs> she owes. <laughs> she owes him some money. <laughs> Um, I do have a fun fact that I learned about Neil Gaiman. We'll judge how fun it is. Uh, well, okay. Um, it's about religion. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so his family say that they are Jewish Scientologists. He does not say that, though. Um, and his statement, our religion is, uh, this is a quote from him, is, I think we can say that God exists in the DC universe. I would not stand up. Uh, and beat the drum for the existence of God in this universe. I don't know. I think there's probably 50-50 chance. Doesn't really matter to me. End quote. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I thought that was a fun fact. Neil Gaiman is very, like, if you've ever heard him speak or watched interviews and stuff with him, he's very well-spoken. He's very, like, it, every, I mean, I don't know how well he prepares stuff that he says, but his off-the-cuff stuff seems very prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Like in a good way, like that's how well he speaks. Like he's just very versed in everything. It seems like yeah, the most British people. He's probably like a legal genius. I don't know what his IQ is, but he <laughs> he seems like one of those guys. But he never really comes off as like pretentious, though. You know, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because it could be very. He could very easily come off that. Yeah, way. Even like as much as I love yeah. like someone like Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's very much like up his own ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like when you hear him talk, you're like this guy is really smart. But he's also aware that he's really smart and he talks as if he's really smart, you know? Like he's earned it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, uh. <laughs> Dial it back a little yeah. bit, man. Like, no game. And I'm like, oh, he's just like a well spoken dude. All right, we're going into awards. Boy, howdy. Oh, I bet. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. <laughs> it's a so, switch I haven't heard in a long time. Usually, I would split this up into years, but 
with how many he had, I split them up into what awards he got for the different various awards. Uh, and I did not list all of them. There's a huge, t- big, huge list, and huge I couldn't get all list. of them. But I didn't name a lot. Uh, all right, so we're going to start with the Harvey Awards. He got 1991. Huh? <laughs> no! Get out of here! <laughs> I hate you for even saying that. Okay. <laughs> that should be like an award for I don't like, even know if I can continue For now. like misogynist douchebags. Like the winner of the Weinstein Award this week. <laughs> I apologize for uh. yelling. Uh, <laughs> that made me very angry. <laughs> Okay, Harvey Awards. We got 1991 and 1992 Best Writer for Sandman. The Sandman is what I have written. I thought it was just Sandman. But uh, 1993, he got Best Continuing or Limited Series for Sandman. The Sandman. The Sandman. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Got Locus Awards. Uh, 2002, Best Fantasy Novel for American Gods. 2003, Best Young Adult Book for Coraline. Uh, 2005, best short story for, this is a big long name, uh, Forbidden Brides of the Faceless Slaves of the Nameless House of the Night of Dread Desire. That's a long name. Uh, 2007, best collection for Fragile Things. 2014, best fantasy novel for The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Got some Eisner Awards. 1991, best continuing series for The Sandman. Uh... 91, 92, 93, 94. Best writer, Sandman. He won that shit four years in a row? Yes. Damn. <laughs> uh, How many people have probably done <laughs> Still, though, <laughs> that, that probably hasn't been done very many times, yeah, though. Like, multiple not. years in a row for the yeah. same book? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, 2007, Respect. best archival collection project for comic books, Absolute Sandman, Volume 1. <laughs> 2009 best publication for teens tweens Coraline got an ink pot award uh 1991 dude uh, I, I love how the ink pot awards look they're just kind of cool they're the little they're like a little you know the, the, the ink and the pen you know you uh-huh. dip it and it, it's like that but it's like a little the, the ink pot's kind of like a little guy like hey oh. it, it's just, they're, <laughs> they're kind of cute yeah they're, yeah, they're cute <laughs> yeah. Um, and he got that award at the San, at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, that's where they hand those out, right? I know they do Eisner's at San Diego. They probably do a bunch of other ones, but I know Eisner's. It's is just where it just. Oh, it is a little guy. It didn't say that for any other thing except for this one was that he just got it at San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, hey. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, we got Bram Stoker Awards. Uh, 2000 Best Illustrated Narrative for The Sandman, The Dream Hunters. 2001 Best Novel for American Gods. 2003 Best Work for Young Readers for Coraline. That was, if Aaron would have been here, I think Dream Hunters is what she would have talked about. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Are you a Sandman guy? I've read them all. It's, okay. it's been. I know Edgar's a big Sandman. I, I, guy. It, it was good. It's it is it's an undertaking. It's but and it's been so many years that it's something at this point. It's it, it's time. It's time yeah. again. It's, to read it. That's fair. Uh, Hugo Awards, uh, two thousand two, best novel for American Gods. Two thousand three, best novel or sorry, novella for Coraline. Two thousand four, best short story for A Study in Emerald. 
2009, Best Novel for The Graveyard Book. And in 2009, he was the professional guest of honor at uh, Worldcon in Montreal. All right. I don't know why I have that. (laughs) Nebula Awards. Uh, 2002, Best Novel for American Gods. 2003, Best Novel for Coraline. And then I have others. (laughs) (laughs) Just others. Others. (laughs) Uh, American Gods, that's a TV show too, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's on Showtime. What? No gaming. He got, he got all that TV. And then right? Amazon had Good Omens, which if you guys haven't, I've read the book and we watched mm-hmm. the TV show. Pretty sweet. Very good. We went through yeah, that. He's like just raking days. in that TV money. And oh, HBO's yeah. doing Sandman too, remember? Oh, is it? Is that over to HBO now? I thought I it was Netflix. So. Was it Netflix? Oh. I can't remember which. I don't know. But. I thought it was HBO. It might, I, okay. I know it's switched back and forth. I don't know who who it's. Either way, he got man. He's just raking in some money. Last, though. last I him. heard, I thought it was gonna be Netflix, but I could be wrong. Either way, I mean, I trust either of them with it. Yeah, but it's um, I don't know. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Not a. I'm not a fan. Is he gonna be the fucking Sammy? I think so. Oh well, yeah. he's been attached for Who's a while. That? Uh, he's Don John. Don John. <laughs> that's what you got your go-to john john that was the first thing he did my... remember that movie he no. he was robin no. but not robin in the, the yeah. last batman the batman rises the dark oh that Knight guy rises. Yeah. That okay guy. Yeah. i can't he was he was yeah there you go <laughs> i was thinking of somebody else when you said that name so i'm glad i asked who oh, okay okay others uh 1991 to 1993 he got comic comics buyers uh, Guide Award for Favorite Writer. Uh, 2007 got the Bob Clampett Humanitarian mm-hmm. Award. 2007, he also got the Comic-Con Icon Award presented at the Scream Awards. 2012, he got an honor- honorary gosh, I can't <laughs> talk. <laughs> honorary Doctorate of Arts from the University of the Arts. That's just an overall general university of the arts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe my copy cut off, but he has an honorary doctorate of the arts from somewhere of the arts. <laughs> okay, we have characters created. Do you guys know some characters created by him? Angela. That's the first one. That goes That's my first one, Angela. Angela. Yeah. Of uh, Sandman, of course. Well, yeah. Is it Daniel? Daniel's Daniel, the one of the end. Sandman, end, Death. Um, I'm imagining. Isn't it Morbius or something? Isn't that? Is um, it, Dan, isn't Daniel the the second Sandman? I think so. Um, God, and you just said Morbius, but I I know what you're going or for. Morpheus, Morbius. Uh, no, that's the Matrix. <laughs> Metastopheles, maybe. I don't know. God damn it! I've got Angela, Black Orchid, Death oh, Black for Orchid. DC, yeah. Foxglove for DC, Goldie, Lucifer, Merv Pumpkinhead. Oh yeah, Titania. Oh really? Yep. Titania, Rose Walker, and Dream. That's what I got. Interesting. Indeed. 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 Mm. It's Morpheus, yeah. (laughs) Morpheus, okay. Yeah. Hector Hector Hall, and then Daniel Hall was the. the There you go. Yeah. But uh, Morpheus, yeah. Is Morpheus the one that's made up of like those different? Like he has like purple and orange and. Or am I thinking of a different character? We're talking about you're, Sandman. We're talking about Sandman still. Okay, yeah. then yeah. I then I guess it's not. So, <laughs> so I think no. you're thinking of Metamorpho. Metamorpho, that's <laughs> who I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're starting into his career. We're going to start in the 1980s. Long, long time ago. A long time ago. 
when Kylie was just but a wee child. So he was born lad. in 60, you say? Yeah. 1960, so yeah. 20, he's 20 at this point? Yeah. 20 something. About. He, so he jumped into it fairly young. Specifically, so specifically it was uh, 1984 is when he started his short story publications. Yeah, pretty young. Good for him. Uh, his first short story publication was Feather Quest, and it was a fantasy story in Imagine Magazine. What the hell is Imagine Magazine? That's I don't what know. People say now about Wizard. There's probably some from uh, <laughs> over overseas. I yeah, I, I imagine a lot of his early stuff where she's going to list is going to be British stuff, UK stuff. Did we ever say where he's from? Yes. Yeah, England. Oh, it's just is it like a certain town or whatever that he's yeah, from? It she, was. She got it. it was I did say Ham- it. It was Hampshire. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Has she tossed that that page already? Old Hampshire. <laughs> it said like Portchester, Hampshire. Hampshire. I have two. The old Hampshire. I don't like know the, how we have the new one. <laughs> <laughs> it could be yes. I don't know what that means uh, for England places. Do you have his spouse in here at all? I do not. Oh, okay. Excuse you. I like to keep things about the person. No, that's fine. <laughs> I have a really fun story. He's married to. I don't mean to, to derail that, oh, yeah. but he's married to Amanda Palmer. She's a musician. And she was on, uh, when Craig Ferguson had his late night talk show, Mm -hmm. she was on to promote the album and she was going to sing a song. And so I watched that interview and she goes to sing to do the song and Neil Gaiman is there and he's off to the side and he's playing like a little kid xylophone (laughs) while she's doing the song. He's just over there going, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) Was she any good? It's not my cup of tea, but yeah, she's very, she's very, she, no, she's a very popular. Amanda Palmer's a pretty popular musician. I feel like I've heard her name before, but what kind of music is it? I want to say like emo 80s kind of stuff. Okay. 1984. This is where he really starts getting into comics and thinking about writing comics. Because before I think that he didn't really think about it too much. Um, so he noticed a copy of Swamp Thing at a train station written by Alan Moore, and he read it, uh, and he said, Moore's fresh and vigorous, 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 <laughs> approach to comics had such an impact on him that he would later say, uh, that it was the final straw that was left on his and his resistance crumbled. Uh, so I guess he didn't really think he could do anything in comics. I've looked for the perfect word to describe Alan Moore for a long time. <laughs> He's so invigorous. invigorous. Um, after reading that, he then made regular trips to London's Forbidden Planet comic shop. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's told that story uh, quite a bit in different interviews I've seen. that He talks about how he had given up on comics until he picked up Alan Moore's Swamp Thing at a, at a, at a whim just one time. I was like, eh. Let's check on Swamp Thing, and he was just captivated by it. Nice. For obvious reasons. And he was like, oh, we can do cool stuff. We can do different things now. Yeah. <laughs> Comics were taking a darker turn at that point, becoming a little yeah. more mature. That's like, um, again, don't want to derail it. When I'm teaching this little uh, Girl Scout thing tonight, one of the one of the segments was, you know, talk about your favorite. Uh, <laughs> Kids, let me tell you about Preacher. <laughs> well, that's it's like, talk about some of your favorite comic books and graphic novels. And I'm like, I... I didn't bring any of that stuff because I'm not showing you Watchmen and I'm not going to show you Preacher. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, You're like, I'm sorry. Kid, this <laughs> is Booster Gold. <laughs> I don't think that's one that you should. <laughs> I don't think Kids, so. Let me tell you about the Super Sons for a while. There you go. Super Sons. Yeah. 
Super Sons would have been a good one. Um, so also in 1984, he wrote his first book. It was a biography of the band Duran Duran. Huh. What? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We were really? both surprised, but very different. Uh, <laughs> really? <levels>. Yes. <laughs> Um, as well as Ghastly Beyond Belief, uh, which is a book of quotations that he wrote with Kim Newman. Hmm. Then he grew a real appetite for writing. You could say he was hungry Hungry like like the the wolf. wolf. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) she's like, so (laughs) we all know that's my song. Uh, We don't all know that. Well, you don't. (laughs) Hungry like the wolf. That is my song. Okay. That is all. I always sing that song on rock band. It's my song. Always. She means like one time seven years ago. Excuse you, we just went to a birthday party and I sang that song and I said that was the only song that I really wanted to sing. Did you do that? Was this before or after the table incident? What table incident? Didn't you crawl under a table? That was at the house. That was at a different party. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I crawled under a table. Let's not talk about that. It was not my proudest moment. She was safe. Listen, I thought I was going to get stepped on. (laughs) So climbed under the table. Mm. All right, so the publisher that he wrote these with uh i guess it went bankrupt when he tried to relinquish his rights to the book uh so after this publisher went bankrupt he was then offered a job from penthouse and then then he refused the offer (laughs) (laughs) dude if there was a neil gaiman penthouse out there somewhere with like an article or something in there yeah i got numerous playboys that stephen king has done little short stories for oh yeah Uh, Late 1980s, I didn't have an exact one, uh, exact date, year. Uh, He wrote, Don't Panic, The Official Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Companion. Um, And he said he wrote it in a classic. Classic. I'm sure. Classic. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I just really am calling for my inner trash. <laughs> I'm just putting the narrative out English, there. English, classic English humor style is what he wrote that <laughs> wrote that book in. I'm, Mary I has an alcohol problem, you guys. <laughs> I only had one drink. I'm sorry. Um, one too many. <laughs> Gaiman started writing comic books, picking up Miracle Man after Moore finished his run on the series. Isn't that an Ozzy Osbourne song? I don't know. Miracle Man? Yeah. I think it is, actually. Yeah. I'm lucky for a Miracle Man. Something like that? Is it? I think so. I don't, I don't listen to that music. <laughs> what? This just reminded me of Mary's little thing. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> No one can see this. I know you might you might need to edit this, but <laughs> you have to cut it out because it's not gonna be funny. Hot oh, oh, shingles, you say? Hot oh, shingles, you might. Okay, good laugh. Do that. I don't remember where you were. Yes. Oh, Miracle so, Man. Miracle Man, after Moore finished his run on the series, then Gaiman and artist Mark Buckingham uh, collaborated on several issues of this series before the publisher Eclipse Comics collapsed, leaving the series unfinished. So they never got to actually finish it. Eclipse Comics. Eclipse. I thought for a while, and maybe they did, they were bringing it to Marvel and they were going to 
finish it, but I think all I remember them doing is reprinting the old issues. Oh, I don't know if they ever got around to finishing it. Miracle Man is not my my wheelhouse. You're not looking for a Miracle Man. No. <laughs> um, his first published comic strips were four short, four short ones. Four uh, short. Yes, <laughs> and they were called Future Shocks for. Uh, yeah, for 2000 AD, and those were from 1986 to 1987. Oh, yeah. Everybody worked on 2000 AD. AD. Yeah. All those Morrison. I think Alan Moore did some stuff for them. Yeah, everybody that came from over there worked on that fucking book. Uh, he wrote three graphic novels with his favorite collaborator and longtime friend, Dave McKean. Mm, his art wow, is McKean's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Those were Violent Cases. Yeah. Uh, Stray Toasters? Was stri- no, Stray Toasters wasn't Neil Gaiman. I don't have that. That was true. Uh, Signal to Noise uh, and the tragic, tragical comedy or comical tragedy of Mr. Punch. Okay. <laughs> Not Miracle Man. <laughs> Not Miracle Man. <laughs> Mr. Punch. I have no idea what those are. So, Kylie, it sounds like you did. I, the last two sound kind of familiar. What was the first one you mentioned? Uh, violent Cases. Violent Cases. I read that forever ago. I couldn't even begin to tell you what it was because I was – it's one of those things that I read when I was young, like picking up Dark Knight Returns or or, or Watchmen as a kid and mm-hmm. like, okay, that was cool, but I don't know what the hell I just read. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you liked it, but you don't know why you liked it. Mm-hmm. Probably because I, I had the feeling that I probably shouldn't be reading this. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So in 1987, DC wanted him to come work for them because he was impressed with all, they were impressed with all of his other works that he did. So he wrote the limited series Black or- Orchid. Or- Orchid. Orchid. <laughs> oh my Orchid. God. Too much steak. <laughs> too much sauce. I ate too much. I, I, I want to go into a food coma. That's the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> And for some reason, in my notes, I say he did a lot in 1989. And this—it's important to remember this was the time of like the, the comic book equivalent of like the British invasion. Yeah, rock, yeah. like Alan Moore and I mean yeah. Grant Morrison's not British, but I mean they were getting a lot of European writers yeah. that were breaking into comics and hitting it really big at this time. I think after Alan Moore hit, I think they were like looking for other people. Like, where's where's the next Alan Moore? Right, and that's where you get guys like Neil Gaiman from. Uh, Gaiman and Jamie. Delano? Delano? Yeah, Delano. Became co-writers of Swamp Thing. No Gaiman wrote Swamp Thing? Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, everybody wrote Swamp Thing. <laughs> that, that went for 200 plus issues. But oh, I man. mean, that, yeah, like, I want to say Mark Miller did a run on it. Oh, really? There's a lot of lot of oh, people shit. wrote Swamp Thing. So they were, f- they did this following Rick Veitch, uh, V-E-I-T-C-H. Anyways, DC wanted to censor uh, his story, um, and because they wanted to censor his final storyline, it caused both Gaiman and Delano to withdraw from the title. Hmm. So I don't know what it is that they wanted to edit that they decided to drop out. I didn't. It didn't say. I know there was an episode. Or episode. There was an issue <laughs> of Swamp Thing that it was done. It was. It's a completed issue somewhere, but mm-hmm. DC wouldn't publish. And I can't remember if it was an Alan Moore issue. The more I think about it, what the subject matter, I think it was probably Alan Moore, but it was 
it was like the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and going back in time oh, and, oh, and a bunch of stuff to do with Jesus. And Especially they turned in it in day. and they were like, we're not doing that. Especially back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just this year, they declined Second Coming when that was supposed to come out after they had already agreed to publish it. Pussies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, 1989, he wrote two stories for DC's Secret Origins, and that was a Poison Ivy story and a Riddler story. Hmm. Um, he originally wrote those for Action Comics Weekly, um, and then they ended up being shelved. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Hold. Hold my phone. <laughs> Let me read this a second. <laughs> Remember when Action Comics was weekly? This makes no (laughs) sense to me. So the Riddler story he originally wrote in 1989, but it didn't actually get published until 2000s as a Green Lantern Superman Legends of the Green Flame story is what it's looking like. Apparently it got shelved. That seems odd to put a Riddler in that. Yeah. (laughs) It got shelved due to editorial concerns for some reason. I don't have any more information on that, and I'm pretty sure it's the Riddler story. I don't know why. Yeah. Why would they have a Riddler story in that? It makes no sense. That's the riddle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to the 1990s. Sandman. Now to the 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much. Books of Magic, I think it's early 90s, too, I think. Kylie, do you want to explain Sandman to the people that may not know? <laughs> Good no. luck. Just a brief. Come on. No, not not Come at all. My brain is not that fresh on Sandman at the moment. Fine. I guess I'll read my notes <laughs> and it won't be perfect because I can't talk. Especially this word. Is all it, right. Is it Fanastasia? <laughs> no, it's anthropomorphic. <laughs> You got it. I did. But I have to say words before this. Okay. <laughs> she couldn't say like, oh my God. And personification. <laughs> All right. Sandman tells the tale of the ageless anthropomorphic personification of dream that is known by many names, including Morpheus. Correct? Yes. yes. I never read this. So I don't know if this is correct. Dreaming. <laughs> Uh, this series actually began January 1989, but we're putting it into the 1990s because that's... And Vertigo was fully formed by this point, right? I think so, yeah. So is Vertigo from issue one? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Sandman, <laughs> Jesus. Sandman concluded in March 1996, apparently. Um, but I, it sounds like there was also some things that came after that. Is that right? Am I thinking right? Yeah. yeah. And they've done more. He's Yeah, he's done stuff. He came back and did... Oh, I don't know, five or six years ago, he did Sandman Overture, which is kind of a prequel to everything leading up to the first. And now they have his imprint. Or is that even going anymore? Uh, the, the Sandman Universe stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. no, that's going strong. Yeah, okay. Lucifer and all that and stuff. And the Dreaming is one of them. Dreaming, and there's House, House of, of Whispers. Oh, House of Whispers, yeah. That's right. Because there's House of Mystery before, and now it's House of Whispers. And the uh, Books of Magic is No, there. Sandman was DC. It was not Vertigo yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pre-Vertigo. Um, the series Death, The High Cost of Living launched on Vertigo in 1993. Um, and Death is the sister of yep. Dream? Yep. Okay. She's amazing. She's she's a kick-ass character. I love her design, everything. This was a 75... This was 75 issues 
of the regular series. She might be even like my favorite like version of death that I've ever like seen in fiction. Like all the different she's very, versions people have done. She's probably she's very original that, for, yeah, for that character. She's the one that yeah, sticks yeah, out yeah. to me the most. Do you guys know any of the artists that worked on it that you want to uh, shout out? Dave McKeon and Sam Keith. I love Sam Keith. Um, yeah, Max. I, I, I've always loved his art. It's it, it's he's one of those guys that you can look at and go, oh, "That's Sam Keith." I mean, he's got a distinct I mean, style. I'd say Dave McKean's the same way too. Though. Oh yeah, Dave McKean. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, his is almost abstract in a way. Arkham Asylum, big time. Like that yeah, whole yeah, book. yep, yeah. Gorgeous book though. Um, this series became one of DC's top selling titles, eclipsing even Batman and Superman, which I think is. That is crazy That's to pretty think. Amazing. Right? Especially because yeah. this was in the nineties. Yeah. Like this is when comic sales were at an all time high. Mm-hmm. So Sandman was a phenomenon. Like it really was. Especially I mean, this was kind of the age of the I mean, it wasn't an indie book, but it feels like an indie book. Yeah. So this was the age of the indie book right before the image boom. Um yeah, I think people were just really ready for something else. Yeah, at that time, and then obviously, Image kind of took off and ran with that as well. But so, also here in the '90s, he wrote uh, the Books of Magic, which is a four-part miniseries that provided a tour of the mythological and magical parts of the DC universe through the frame of the story of an English teenager who discovers that he is destined to be the world's greatest wizard. Hmm. Is it Tim Hunter? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you don't even have that in your notes. It's Harry, it's Potter. Harry Potter. Sounds, sounds extremely familiar. <laughs> it's a short. Uh, it's a short-haired kid with glasses from England. He becomes a wizard. Does he have glasses? Yeah, yeah. he oh, does. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a spitting yeah. image of Harry Potter, like oh. a spitting fucking image. You have to show me a picture later. Mid 1990s, he also created a number of new characters uh, and a setting that was to be featured in the title published by Techno Comics. Comics with an X. Techno. Technics. Techics? Is it technics? Techno. I don't know. Te- okay. Techno. I don't know. Oh my god, he looks exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, it's it's straight up Harry Potter. T e k n o. If anyone doesn't oh, okay. believe us, straight up, if you're not familiar with the books of magic, like Google Tim Hunter in yeah. your phone, and you'll swear to God it's Harry Potter. Yeah. Especially that when they read, they just Tim Hunter. Is he related to Rip Hunter? No. (laughs) That was only funny to me, apparently. (laughs) I I mean, I got it. Your joke was bad, and you should feel bad. (laughs) Hey, hey! (laughs) Only I am allowed to quote Zoidberg. (laughs) I feel bad now. (laughs) We don't get a Futurama joke too often on the podcast, but. It's nice. It's a nice treat. So these new characters that he created, um, they were originally going to be together in one thing, but then the concepts ended up being altered and split into three titles uh, of the same continuity. Lady Justice, Mr. Hero, and Pneumatic Man. Okay, I I vaguely remember those when they were coming out. I didn't read any of them. Whoops, but. I read this wrong. Lady Justice, Mister Hero, the Pneumatic Man, and Technophage, and Tie-ins. I remember as Lady well. Justice. Lady Justice. Lady Justice. Justice. What, what 
What do you remember from that? I just remember the covers. Because oh, okay. I would have said that was Good a Frank cover? Miller. That sounds like a, that sounds like a shitty but... segment on like some like shitty like news network or something. Like what's that? Like like woman stops her own attempted rape, whatever. Hashtag Lady Justice. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I like to call Lady Justice. Please don't ever talk about that. <laughs> Um, so even though he came up with these, he actually was not involved in writing any of these books. He created them and had the continuity, but he never actually worked on any of the books. The second they announced all those books, I'm like, they must have just backed up a chunk of money to Neil Gaiman's house. Like, can we, can we just put Sandman Universe? And I'm pretty sure that one, uh, that one shot that was called the Sandman, he wrote that. And then, I mean, he's like... He's kind of like what what Hickman is it Hickman with X Men yeah it's what Hickman's doing with X Men like here's the story you guys are gonna tell and you're gonna write it so they said so he's like, like the, the, he's like the overseer that's what they said that he kind of oversees which to me just means he's kicked back counting bills like can we do this like yeah, yeah go ahead yeah go ahead <laughs> I'm busy yeah I'm, I'm busy. overseeing the whole thing <laughs> just just let me count my money that you're giving me so I have this big long quote uh for of why he likes comics more than other forms of storytelling. Um, and it's a big, long quote. I did cut some of it out because I didn't feel like I needed to say the whole thing. But it is long. It is like a paragraph. Will you do it in a British accent? <laughs> you can read this in a British accent if no, you would like. No, I'd read it as Watto. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. I want that. I want that. I would raise my hand. I want that. Uh, so he said... One of the joys of comics uh, has always been the knowledge that it was, in many ways, untouched ground. When he was working on Sandman, uh, he felt that a lot of the time he was picking up a machete and heading out into the jungle. He got to write in a lot of places and do things that nobody had ever done before. When he's writing novels, he's painfully aware that he is working in a medium that people have been writing absolutely jaw-dropping, brilliant things, you know, for three, four thousand years. Um, but with comics, he felt that he can do stuff nobody has ever done. Uh, he can do stuff that nobody's ever thought of, and he could just have a lot of fun with it. Which, I mean, he did, so. In 1996, he wrote a BBC dark fantasy television series, Neverwhere. Okay. You know something about that? I've, I don't. I've heard of it. I didn't really know anything about it. Okay. And I didn't really have much on it. And you're the resident Doctor Who fan, so... I do remember having reading that, but I didn't put it in here. I do remember reading that. Then he about wrote a Dr. couple episodes. He'd, he'd done some episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. So you just like required by law. I think if so. Like if, a, if you're over there, it's like. <laughs> if you're like a British writer, you're just required to write Doctor Who at some point. Ah, so. Awesome. Ah, so. <laughs> uh, this is what another. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shut up, Kylie. Why this are you is... such an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> this was another um, fun fact because I had no idea who this person was. Um, and Tyler, we've also talked about this, that we see this character a lot, but we never know who it is. Mm-hmm. It's that lady with like the red paint on her face and has like the wolf hood. You know what I'm talking about? You would know if I showed you a picture. But anyways, he wrote the English language script to the movie... Uh, Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So oh. he he wrote the English script for that. Okay. Who yes. Did? 
it's a it's a Studio Ghibli movie. Yes, oh. and is it the character that I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Okay, good. I'll show you a picture later. Yeah. You'll know you'll know who I'm talking about because we've talked about it. Jessica Negri does cosplays of oh, her yeah. a lot, or used to. Except you know it's Jessica Negri, so she's half naked. A true. So basically, an upgraded <laughs> version of Princess Mononoke. What? What? You shut up. Basically, a better version in every way. Don't disrespect. Uh, girl, we're at blah. Yeah, whatever. You guys should have went out to dinner yet tomorrow. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Something. How big was the steak? Oh, Jesus. Uh. Eight ounces. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Just a little eight ounce. Oh, I'm also tired. Uh, okay, we're going into the 2000s. Uh, Gaiman wrote two series. For, what? Is there more? No. What? No. In the aughts. We're going into the aughts. Is that oh, what I'm supposed go. to be oh, saying? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sounds so dumb. 2000s. <laughs> Jeez, I like the odds. Don't call that that. <laughs> don't call that that. You know who can call it that? Gen Z. Not you. Uh. Or you. <laughs> <laughs> Gen right. Z just calls that the early years. <laughs> <laughs> the early years. Jeez. Uh, Gaiman wrote two series for Marvel Comics. Uh, he wrote Marvel 1602 with oh, yeah. Andy Kubert. Yeah. I Gen- was considering re- rereading that to talk about. That's a good one. And Richard Eisenhoff. Eisenhoff. The equivalent of a, of, a Marvel, of a Marvel Elseworld story, basically. Yeah. Also, he wrote Eternals, drawn by John Romita Jr. I can say that name. <laughs> great writer, great artist. I'm Half of those things are true. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, if, is his version of the Eternals, do you think the one they're going to kind of pull from for the movie, do you think they go more back to like the Jack Kirby I, Eternals? I would hope they'd go back to the Kirby stuff. The Kirby stuff, okay. Yeah. I haven't read the maybe game a, and stuff. Maybe so a I don't mixture, know. but yeah, I, I haven't either. I haven't really dealt with the Eternals a lot. So. The Eternals is going to be a mixed bag because it's like nobody really asked for that movie. <laughs> no one asked for Guardians. And everyone <laughs> it's loved true, it. Exactly. Like I'm not saying I'm not ruling it out. I'm just like it's it's going to be weird because like there's really no fans for the, yeah. like fan base for the Eternals. So I don't know who they are. Exactly. <laughs> are they like? Defenders of the Unknown? Wait, what are Challengers they? Challengers of the Unknown, no. <laughs> Defenders <laughs> of the, of the Very Known. <laughs> they tell you what that. they're defending, but they don't even know what it is. <laughs> I think I did the same thing a different time. <laughs> don't ever expect oh, me to remember time. anything. Oh, <laughs> Defenders of the Unknown is amazing. <laughs> Somebody write it so I can be that correct. That would have been one of those Amalgam Universe comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like street level challenges of the unknown. <laughs> Just to defend. Philip, write this story so I can be correct uh, that there is a defender. So she feels like the Netflix guy. So it's like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones out in space. Jeez. Okay, 2009. Uh, Gaiman wrote a two part Batman story for DC Comics. Uh, Whatever to, happened? To follow Batman Rip was titled uh, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. Yep, yep, kind of a play on Alan Moore's uh, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow Superman story. <laughs> I had that in my notes. Uh, I was you. <laughs> Gosh, we're just, we're no, I'm spoiling this shit just left kidding. and right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you say. <laughs> was it to follow up Batman R.I.P.? 
that's what it says. It's kind of like its own story, though. It's it is. Like, it's not, I it's think not connected to was Morrison's. It, I think shit. it was. Was it just one issue or two issues? I think it's it was two. like two issues. Yeah. yeah. I think they were over. Metamorpho. Too. Metamorpho coming up. Oh. Uh, he contributed a twelve-part metamorpho serial. Metamorpho. <laughs> 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 it's, it's funny because you just said it like, "Hey, metamorphos coming up." <laughs> Twelve-part metamorphal cereal. <laughs> oh, it's like a normal breakfast cereal, but you have to eat it in twelve parts, and you're only allowed to have like a half cup at a time. This has been the best podcast yet. <laughs> I'm, so glad, I'm glad I could entertain you. And it's cereal, S-E-R-I-A-L. Like killer. <laughs> uh, drawn by Mike Allred uh, for Wednesday Comics. Uh, which was I remember a, Wednesday Comics. You do? I have all of those. Okay. What are Wednesday Comics? They came out every Wednesday. Oh. Oh. But they were, old school, they were old school newspaper and you'd literally unfold them. Oh. Like and they were the size of a newspaper when they were all unfolded, and it was an anthology. Were they thing. cheap? Because they were like, um, yeah, I think they were pretty cheap. When they collected, uh, when they did a hardcover collection of it, which is pretty hard to find out, it was gigantic. Oh, really? It was, oh, it was the size cool. of a newspaper. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I've got those kicking around somewhere. Um, Gaiman was featured in the History Channel documentary "Comic Book Superheroes Unmasked." He also co-wrote the script for Robert Zemensky's Beowulf. <laughs> Robert, no, really? Robert Zemeckis? Zemeckis. Zemeckis. The CG animated Beowulf? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with, a movie that exists. with Roger yeah. Avery, he co-wrote it. I, never did I remember it. like nothing about that movie, so I'm assuming it wasn't very good. Angelina Jolie it was, was in good. It. I liked naked it. In it. No, I, CG naked. I believe... I believe I watched it in English class in high school. Yeah, really? I remember, yeah, I remember watching it in school. They, okay. I believe they skipped past or they had a censored version because they're not going to show us naked ladies. We watched the well, old... Well, like, you don't see her fully naked. You yeah. think you see her butt. We oh, watched the old um, Romeo and Juliet in English class back when I was a kid. And there, the part there's a part in that where you get to see Juliet's tatas. And the teacher's like... Yeah. I'm not forwarding this, so if anyone's if anyone gets offended, you can walk out of the classroom for five minutes. Oh. <laughs> when was this? Beowulf, this if I recall, <clears throat> has tremendous ladies. animation, but nothing else. Other yeah, than that. I think I remember it looked pretty cool. Like the, visually, it was pretty interesting. Beowulf has a cool story. I don't know. Uh, shoot, man. Okay, <laughs> this is 2007. Nothing happened with this, so don't even get your hopes up. And I'm sure you. Seven. Nothing uh, happened. No. Doesn't eat. I. I am sure you guys may know this, or maybe you don't. I don't know. But nothing happened with this. But I thought it was of interest. Um, in 2007, he announced that after 10 years of development, they would be making a film of death, the high cost of living, uh, and it was going to be uh, with uh, Don. Murphy, Susan Montford are were the producers, and Guillermo del Toro was going to be an executive producer. That would have been amazing. By 2010, they had said that that's no longer in production. So, yeah. I, I, was I think de Death could be a good TV series of some sure. kind. Sure, especially the, with the two little miniseries. In, to, in today's they did. age, definitely. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah, they're adapting everything at this point. Anything's got a chance exactly. now. 
Captain Underpants got a movie for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's got a chance. Uh, okay, we're going into the 2010s. Uh, Gaiman and Paul Cornell wrote Action Comics 894, uh, which featured an appearance by death. Yep. Which That's was the, what you guys were talking Black about. The Black story, yep. Yeah. It was leading up to Action Comics 900. It was a big old thing with uh, Lex Luthor trying to collect the, uh, trying to find a, a Black powering after Blackest Night. Oh, okay. Did she have a big role in it? I know she was on the She's, cover. Yeah, yeah, she. Yeah, there, there's a whole issue of like Lex Luthor having a conversation with Death. It's pretty, nice. pretty sweet. Yeah, that was uh, actually my introduction to her because I was hadn't wasn't real familiar with Gaiman stuff at that point, whatever. And I was like, oh, and then I found out later, like, oh, this is a character from something else. Okay. So uh, I didn't have like the impact on me that it probably did for other people. Where I was like, oh, it's no Gaiman's Death. It's like, oh, who's this like kind of punk rock looking uh, girl? You know. Uh, 2013, they, DC Comics released Sandman Overture with art by J.H. Williams the third. The third. <laughs> he's uh, he's an awesome artist. And uh, you better um, be if you're gonna put the third at the end. <laughs> in, <laughs> in the Age of Ultron miniseries in 2013, Angela was introduced into the Marvel universe and then never seen again. <laughs> 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 they, I, Until As Guardians of the Galaxy, like five years later, they that did, was shortly canceled thereafter. <laughs> when she when she popped up with the Guardians, um, she had some cool. Th- there was an issue where her and Gamora just went off and beat the crap out of people and like freed slaves uh, and stuff. Now's but, probably a good time to tell that story. Are you, you going to do that in your notes because we kind of passed through it already in the nineties? No, the okay. whole Angela so, yeah. thing. So in the nineties, seven guys left Marvel and formed Image, right? One of those being Todd McFarlane. Um, the image boom was was a big thing, and Spawn was outselling a lot of the the big two books. And it, it was they were kind of like rebels at that point still. So Todd was trying to get all of these other comp book greats to come write an issue of Spawn, and a lot of them were willing to do it because it was kind of like a middle finger to the to the big two. Yeah. So like Alan Moore wrote an issue, Frank Miller wrote an issue, Grant Morrison wrote an issue of Spawn, and Neil Gaiman came to write two issues of Spawn. Um, the problem was is that Image was funded on this idea that like we're all gonna own our own shit. Like mm-hmm. you create a character, that's your fucking character. So then Neil Gaiman comes and writes two issues of Spawn, creates this awesome character named Angela and this mentor character named Coleostro, and then later he's like, "Well, I own those characters, right?" And Todd's like, "Yeah, but you created those in my book." It's like, <laughs> and then also it's like. Oh shit! There's a problem here because it's like now every time Todd wanted to use Angela, he had to pay Neil Gaiman for it. He didn't care for that, mm-hmm. so um, they fought back and forth over the legal rights to Angela. They went to court. Neil Gaiman sued Todd McFarlane and won because it was a creator-owned book. He created the character, or at least co-created the character. I think Todd drew her, but the, Neil Gaiman still got the rights to her somehow, the full rights to her. They don't yeah. share it. So I'm not sure exactly how the legality works there. It took a while, didn't it? Basically, in the end, Todd McFarlane ended up creating this character named Tiffany, which is just brunette Angela. <laughs> like she's, It's just another Angela, but she looks different enough. But uh, And just to be kind of a dick, Neil Gaiman sold Angela to Marvel. Like He didn't really want her anyway. So it, just, <laughs> it was kind of just trying to shove it up Todd's ass. Um <laughs> Yeah, so kind of kind of funny. Fucking Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow Todd got to keep Cogliostro. He still shows up in Spawn from time to time. But so maybe that was the maybe settle- there was maybe a- that was the settlement. It was like you can have Angela. Yeah. I'll keep Cogliostro. Hmm. And Angela is a pretty kick-ass character, though. She's she's one of my favorite characters from those early Spawn issues. So 
she appears in Spawn 8 and 9. I think those are the gaming issues. Mm. Uh, gaming also created Medieval Spawn, too, I think. That was another one that they oh, fought over. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. All right. So, this, yeah. The Sandman universe. Let's get back to the Sandman universe in our 2010s. Okay. Uh, he's o- he is overseeing this, and they have created four ongoing series. House of Whispers, Lucifer, The Books of Magic, and uh, The Dreaming. Oh, that's current shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, it launched in August 2018. Have you guys read anything of those? No, no. and I've heard nothing about them, but they're still going, which means they're okay. Oh, must be decent enough. You've got the you've got the Sandman diehards out there that are buying all those. Basically, is he a Hellblazer part of that too? Uh, they did just bring him back, and that was the one shot they brought. It was a Sandman universe thing, and Cy Spurrier's writing it. Yeah, that's what it sounds weird. Um, but I I picked it up. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but flipping through it on shipment day, like okay, this is my Constantine. This oh, okay. is the old. The, not the neutered, shitty, yeah. we're bringing him into the DC universe and Zatanna trained him crap that they pulled. But yeah, this looks good. Um, 2013, a six-part radio play of Neverwhere was broadcast on BBC Radio 4 and Radio 4 Extra. This included uh, many stars, including James McAvery, Richard... Oh, it's sorry. James McAvery as Richard, Natalie Dormer, Benedict Cumberbatch, Christopher Lee, Bernard... Cribbins? Is it James McAvoy? This is the most <laughs> British names I've ever heard in my life. Mick, Micka, Micko, Mick, I don't know. Johnny Vegas. Um, <laughs> James <laughs> McAvoy. McAvoy? I think it's Professor a- X. James, James McAvoy? M-C-A-V-O-Y? Yeah, James McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, McAvoy. I don't know. I read it how. Go get a McAvoy. I just, I said it. I said it how I read it. You said it how you read you it. You sure did. <laughs> I did. And you did the best. Well, you I would could. assume. I just assume in my American brain, apparently, that McAvoy would be M A C, and then avoid. That is. That That's is a how. Very American if you thing. want me to say McAvoy, spell, <laughs> spell it my right. way. God damn! This is America. <laughs> God damn it! Because <laughs> when you brought up when you brought up the radio thing, I'm like, oh, I think this is the one James McAvoy did. And then she read the first name, and I'm like, McAvoy. Wait, wait. Maybe I'm wrong. James McAvoy. <laughs> oh, I think like she said McCavery or something McCavery. like that. Yeah, I probably <laughs> said something dumb because. I don't know how to read. Just reasons. Because reasons. <laughs> because I don't know how to read. Okay. This might be like one of the longest history lessons we've ever had. <laughs> Listen, we're at, we're at about 56 to minutes. Be fair, he's done. I have filmography. Yes. Okay. Oh. Give me, oh. let me, let me do this. Okay. <laughs> give me, give me. Let me do this. I can finish this. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Kylie's choking on coffee. Oh, God. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could swallow before the laugh, but it didn't happen. Oh, Oh, fuck. Okay. All right. (laughs) Let's do this. 2010, he was in Arthur as himself. 
his voice. Okay. Um, and Arthur, this... like the movie Arthur, the remake with... Um... A-R-T-H-U-R. Okay, but isn't there some <laughs> PBS show called Arthur I... as well? Yes, but I don't think they spell it like that. Oh, okay. Maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the if, it's, great if it's an episode, rush. then it probably it probably is. I that bet it. Could, they have blood. celebrities on Arthur all the. Some about how to. You tell me if it was. It's in 2010. Arthur, he was himself. He played himself. His voice. Anyways, let's get to the more important one where okay. he's in 2011. He was in the Guild, which is a show that needs to come back. <laughs> it's straight up Arthur. He was cool. straight up in Arthur. Cool. With pictures of okay. him as Neil Gaiman. Nice. Well, how am I in supposed to know? Fucking Arthur. That's, oh my God, he's even a cat man. <laughs> Does he like cats? Did he's he a... get to choose his animal? I wonder if they ask you. Yeah, like you're the bee in. Oh, Arthur. you know what? Actually, coming up later. So, anyways, he was in the guild. He played himself. This is in the episode Downturn. Everybody riot and bring the show back because it was amazing. It's or right. if it's still going on, then. I'm sure that it's not. Uh, 2011, he was The Simpsons. He played himself in The Book Job. He was in 2013, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. I've never seen it. I neither have. I neither have. Neither have. I neither have. He played Albert the Panservant, the voice. Interesting. His voice. I'm going to have to watch that. 2015, he was in The Making of a Superhero Musical. He played Melvin Morell. Uh, 2016, he was in Neil Gaiman, Dream Dangerously. He played himself, obviously. Here is the another good one. Another one. Here is the another good one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 2017, he was in The Simpsons. He was Snowball, the voice. In Treehouse of, of Horror. Cat? Oh, that's right. He was in the Treehouse of Horror episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Number 28, I believe. You know, Alan Moore was in Simpsons as well. Alan Nobody Moore cares. We're not talking about Alan Moore. I'm not, but Milhouse comes up to say, Mr. Moore, will you sign my copy of Watchmen Babies? And he goes off on Watchmen this big rant. Babies. Is it really Alan Moore, though? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Serious? Yeah. And no. Then he, and then I he, like, ripped his shirt off and that. flies out of the comic book shop. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely Watchmen Babies. <laughs> 2018, he was on Big Bang Theory. He played himself, and this was in the Comet Polarization. Yes. 2018, he was on Lucifer. He played God in Once Upon a Time. Makes sense. Yeah. 2019, he was in Good Omens. He was Man in the Theater, Bunny Rabbit, Head Frog. This was in Saturday Morning Fun Time. And that is the end of my notes. Yay! I don't have to talk She's anymore. Done. But you got to give us your book report. Yes, my book report is... <laughs> can I start now? Oh, did is you there... read something? I read an issue of Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, shit. I, did. I was it's, ill-prepared. I really didn't think she did it's anything. It's shocking because she has such a reading problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read. So. It's shocking that you read anything because we've, we've seen for the last hour how you struggle to read. Clearly. Clearly. Oh. What she's oh. saying is she read a wonderful issue of Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I apologize <laughs> for oh, <shit>. my <laughs> not good reading abilities today. <laughs> yes, I read an issue of something. It was in this. It was like a collection of like 
one shot things that he did. Um, it was one that you were going to read, oh, but I told like you. like the DC Alan, uh, DC Neil Gaiman book, and it just has a bunch of his little one offs? I believe so. Because they did one for like Alan Moore, they did one for Mike Mignola. Probably. I don't remember what it was called, but the very first story was Swamp Thing, and it was Swamp Thing, and he's talking to this guy, kind of like a friendish, um, but the plague is going on around them. Uh, it was really good, and it talked a lot about like believing and uh you know what you know what happens in the afterlife if i'm remembering it right because it was about three weeks ago that i read it so but it was good i would recommend somebody to read that if you <laughs> wanted to read a at least one swamp thing story oh, yes yeah. that's all i read i'm sorry i read the last temptation oh yeah yeah that's right yeah which is a uh it's a comic from Neil Gaiman and Michael Zuli. Yep. Um, written script written by Neil Gaiman, but story from Neil Gaiman and Alice Cooper, which just basically means that Alice Cooper talked to Neil Gaiman one time and was like, "Wouldn't this be cool?" And he's he like, was okay. probably like, "Here's the here's my album, which was the Last Temptation of Alice. Yeah. Here's my when album." When was this, this comic? Oh my god. Um, I remember because I bought a I bought a issue at night flight and came with the first issue and the cd and i think it was autographed they gave you the album with the comic well this was a special thing that they had brought back um uh, but but um a few years ago they just they released a nice hardcover of it and i have it i have that hardcover and it's autographed by both neil gaiman and alice comicsology says 2014 but it's older than that oh yeah definitely Comicsology can be fucked up sometimes on the dates. This, I, it had to be late '90s or early 2000s. Okay. Last Temptation. Um, for the record, I, I I wouldn't call myself an Alice Cooper fan, but I'm an Alice Cooper enthusiast. I guess mm-hmm. um, I'm not familiar with his album. So just to put it that out on Front Street. So I don't know how well the comic gels with the album or anything like that because i'm not familiar with the with the album that this this comic is based on but um it's basically about uh this like secret theater show 94 94 okay it's like this like hidden theater show it's uh it's this book's got a little bit of horror in it a little bit of some dark shit going on the artwork i thought was beautiful throughout the whole thing um alice cooper is a character in it because of fucking course he is like (laughs) Um, it was cool. It feels very. It, it reminds me of like remember the other day we were talking about Creep Show. Mm. Like it reminds me of like eighties corny horror movie. That's what it reminds me see of. That. Yeah, like cheap TV horror movie you would have saw way back in the day. That's what this feels like. Not to say it's bad or anything, but it, it was fun. It was fine, I guess. Yes. I, the artwork was what stood out to me more than anything. Um, Zuli's pretty awesome. Yeah, he was. He was pretty good. Um, yeah. It was, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Um, preparing for this, I like that. When you said, hey, I'm reading this, I was like, damn it. I didn't even think about that one. When you mentioned Black Orchid. I had literally never heard of I it. I was like, because I'm trying to think of something other than the immenseness that is Sandman. Sandman. Yeah. Because you could read a book and go, this is what happened in this trade. Yeah. Um, but I picked up a book that. Sandman's too dense to do for something exactly. like this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I picked up a book of his I haven't read, and it's called How to Talk to Girls at Parties. 
Um, and it's do be- they tell you how to talk to girls? Well, this is an from what I gather, it's um, it's an adaptation of a story he wrote. So this was actually oh, a, so it's not even a comic by him necessarily. Yeah, but the story was by him. It was published in. Let me see if. But he didn't write the script for the comic book. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. It's based on his short story. How to Talk to Girls at Parties by Neil Gaiman, originally published in Fragile Things in 2006. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. It's, and who published this? This was Dark Horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, from that title alone, I, I never really cared. Because <laughs> it, it just, it didn't seem like anything that would be up my alley. This yeah. book, I found out looking into this, they've made a movie of this. I want no. to see the movie now. Is it called How to Talk to yeah. Girls at Parties? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Nicole Kidman's in it, and the chick who's Seriously? in Maleficent, the girl. Angelina Jolie? No, 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 the, the girl, the um, Aurora. Aurora, Aurora. Yeah, oh, okay. Whoever, whoever that actress is. Um, but this was, it was interesting. It's these two guys, um, two best friends, and they're over in England, of course, somewhere. Um, but they're, he, there's the handsome guy who always gets all the women, and then there's the awkward friend who... Has, he's kissed three women in his life, and they've all been like his sister's friends. Um, so he's just kind of this awkward, shy guy. And he's talking about this girl told us there's this party, and we're going to go to this party. And the, the awkward friend doesn't want to go. But, you know, the, the handsome guy, of course we're going to go. He's got a bottle of wine, and they're going to they're gonna go to this party. Uh, the problem is he, he – the girl – I, I want to say Judy. Let's call her Judy. Um, she wrote the, she wrote him directions on a napkin at a restaurant. And he left the napkin sitting on the table, but he's like, I, I'll, I'll be able to find this party. And so they, they walk until they find a house that, you know, there's Ugh. music coming from it. And they're like, this is it. This has got to be the party. It's a murder house. It's an orgy party. It's a, <laughs> so they walk up and this um, very beautiful woman open, opens the door yeah, she and she does. looks kind of confused. And she's like, Hey, yeah, we're friends of Judy's. And she's like, there's, you know, there's, and uh, there's obviously a party going on in this house. She's like, there's no Judy here. And he's like, oh, it, it's all good. You know, and they, they go in, they go in anyway. <laughs> and it's, there are some other men. You don't really see a lot of them, but it's mostly women in this house. Lesbian. Um, and, and this is actually being told, from, uh, the awkward kid is telling this 30 years after the fact. So he's, okay. there's certain things he doesn't remember. Yeah. He, he's telling this story. The whole unreliable narrator thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, his one friend's just trying to get him to talk to, you know, just talk to girl. Don't be so awkward. Just trying to try to talk to him. And he, the, the girl who answered the door, they all have these weird names. Um, he, he, they both have the hot stuff. I mean, she's like this drop dead gorgeous thing. And so of course the handsome friend goes over to talk to her. Excuse you. Woman is not a thing. Woman. <laughs> well, I haven't got just, to that yet. Just... It, they might be things. We don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, the awkward friend, like he talks about how it party kitchens and at parties are great. Cause you can kind of avoid people. And there's a reason to be in the kitchen to be getting a drink or something. Mm -hmm. So he's just trying to find a place to not be awkward. Every, every time he sees some girls, they're like, these chicks are way out of my league. I'm not even going to bother talking to them. He goes out into like this. Uh, he, he talks about like the second floor. They, no one went up to the second floor. He never went up to the second floor, never saw what was going on in the second floor. That's because that's where they all go to die. But he goes out <laughs> He goes out to the, the atrium and there's a girl just sitting there by herself. And he's like, oh, you know, I'll see if I can sit down here and just kind of be away from everybody. Mm -hmm. 
And so he, you know, he sits down. The girl kind of looks a little awkward. And she's like, hey, you, can, you sit here. And, and uh, at one point, he's just sitting there just awkwardly, you know, not talking to this girl. And he looks up and he sees the hot girl and his friend kind of pass by. And the friend looks at him. He's like, come on, talk yeah. to her. So he starts <laughs> he starts to talk to her. And she's saying stuff doesn't make sense. The stuff coming out of her mouth doesn't make sense. Um, it's, it almost, I mean, they're words, but they're just almost gibberish the way they're coming out of her mouth. It's it they're mannequins that came to life, but he's, but he's talking to her like, okay, you know, like he, he, maybe it's the music that's drowning out things and he's not hearing yeah. her totally. And, and, um, she keeps talking about how she's, she's a second, she can't do this or that. And she likes to travel and uh, once she gets all this information, she has to go back because the original one will get all the information. It's just weird stuff she's saying. And the guy is just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and then they're he close. he gets up to go get a drink and asks her if she wants a drink. And she's like, I'm not allowed to have alcohol. Uh, the original can have alcohol, but I'm I'm a I'm a second or something, and I can't huh. have that. So she wants a glass of water. So he goes and gets himself gets himself a coke and comes back with water, and she's gone. So he's like, okay, well, maybe she just went to the bathroom. I don't know. So he kind of moseys into one of the rooms and he sits down on a couch and there's another girl there and he's awkward. Of course, but he tries to talk to her and he's like, Hey, this, you know, this glass of water was from, for somebody, but I can't find him if you want this. And he starts a conversation with her and she's talking about Nonsense. weird stuff and like going on vacation in the sun and swimming with these whales and the the fiery oceans and just all this this weird kind of thing and at one point during all this he sees his friend with a really hot girl walk up you know they're in they walk up the stairs and he's like oh you know that lucky son of a bitch he's he's, he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> you know he's going up there to have fun and i'm down here with all these women that are out of my league and I think I can't remember why he leaves that conversation, but I think he goes back into the kitchen and then like this almost Greek goddess looking woman comes in. She's got like fiery hair and he starts talking to her. And again, she's talking about weird things like talking about being a tourist and their travels and spinning webs in the universe. Just weird, weird stuff. Um, So basically throughout this, I'm getting that these women are they're a, there's some kind of alien species and the 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 greek one that he's talking to kind of kind of gives them more of an origin where they were these ancient things that were bundled up and thrown into the heart of a star and slowly they've they've been getting their their voices heard oh. and their stories told and like in some places really embrace us but other people consider us like almost parasites and they want to get rid of us um, and he's kind of getting kind of freaked out because he's finally like something's not right here. So he he goes to wander somewhere and then he sees his friend come running down the stairs and he grabs his buddy. He's like, we need we need to leave. We need to go now. And he's he doesn't know. He, he wants to go because he's finally like getting the courage to talk to these girls. And he I think he tries to, you know, no, but wait. And the, the friend's like, no, we need to leave now. This was a mistake. And he's the last thing you really see is they're running out the door and he's dragging his friend behind. He looks up and sees the girl at the top of the stairs 
And he's like, you know, this is when you find out he's telling this like 30 years later. He's like, I'm older now. I don't remember things like they used to be. There's things I will still forget as I get older. He's like, but the look in her eyes, it was like she because she was up at the top of the stairs, like just angry. Her eyes are black and there's flames coming out. Like, I don't know what went on upstairs, if he tried to rape her or what happened. But, like, he's like, it was the look of a universe that just wanted to destroy something. And as uh-huh. they're running away, you just see the entire house that they're in just, like, exploding and going up in flames. And, oh, and crazy. That was it. And I was like, That's this was cool. nothing like what you I was expecting You made a movie off all. that? Yeah. Wow. It feels like such a short little it, story. It, it, and it was. It was. It's very short. And you it's, haven't yeah. seen the movie yet? I have not. I'm I, I, I plan on watching it. Once I saw Nicole Kidman was in it, I'm like, I'm down. What, wait, what year did this come out? This is 2006 was the original story. So what year did yeah. the movie come out? Uh, 2017, how, I believe. The, how the hell did we miss that then? I don't know. Huh. It wasn't right. top news at the time. I guess not. It, might, it probably bombed pretty good. <laughs> probably. Probably one of those Guardian of the Galaxies <laughs> came oh. out that year or something. Oh. You know. Those not movies. 2017. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna write it off as like some weird indie one, but it, like yeah. I said, it had is L Fanning. I don't and know. And Nicole Kidman's in it, and I'm like, they had some big names when I was looking at hmm. it on IMDb. Is she related to Dakota Fanning. I think so. She's ah. the girl from Maleficent. I think that's L, but I could be wrong. I wouldn't know. Yeah. When I was reading that last Temptation book, I was just thinking of. The one experience I had with Alice Cooper when I seen Alice Cooper uh, in concert. Oh, I've uh, never got to see Alice. He he was fun in concert, but it was in like the middle of July, outdoor venue, mm. and I just remember he was in this like straight jacket. Re- no, it was like a red like tuxedo, like the full like, oh, yeah. suit. I just remember thinking like he's gotta be fucking dying because <laughs> it was like the full suit and like walking back and forth on stage and singing doing this whole work i was like that poor motherfucker <laughs> like God, it had did he do been. did he was he was he doing like the guillotine stuff and all that cool no, stuff it wasn't back the then full, or? no it wasn't the full uh he was the opener so oh, okay. it wasn't the full he opened for molly crew of all fucking people mm-hmm. but um yeah, it wasn't like the full uh, theatrical show, or whatever. But he was gotcha. still really good. Nice. So yeah, nice. That's Neil Gaiman. Yes. Any other thoughts on Neil Gaiman? Uh, I I hope I didn't dis- disappoint anyone. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his legion of fans. I don't think. Oh yeah. Um, he is one of those ones. That I don't feel like any of us were really part of that group per se. But I, no, I, I mean, I was after the fact. I mean, Sandman was done and over with by the time i got around to reading it okay. like they were releasing the hardcover volumes he's someone i got a lot of respect for he's someone that like just seems like he would be amazing to just sit down and talk when to. he does it he comes when he does his tours he always comes up to park city and mm-hmm. does this little q a talk thing that he does but he seems like one of those people like if you ever had the opportunity like in a dream scenario where you could have like a one-on-one conversation like you just to pick his oh, yeah. brain yeah it would be extremely. He seems like a down to earth guy that you could actually have a conversation. Yeah, with. Yeah, he's not like so he doesn't seem pretentious to me yeah. at all. But he's very well read, very well spoken. Like he knows his shit. Because so. I think he has. He's one of those guys that has that legion of fandom mm-hmm. and those, those fans. But 
to like the everyday person, I think he's he's pretty safe to walk down the streets and not be recognized. You know, he's, probably maybe not over there. Know. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I'm surprised I, he hasn't been like knighted or some shit. Like he's not like Sir Neil Gaiman yet. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch been knighted yet? I don't know. Do he they really it. knight people anymore? Yeah, oh, hell yeah, they yeah. do. Do they? As uh, Tom York was on Colbert, I think, and he he's like, "Are you? Uh, are they?" You know, talking about knighting you, and he's like, "I've I've said some things about the royal family. I don't think I'm ever gonna get knighted." <laughs> <laughs> what really happens if you get knighted? Anything? It's just basically, do they just give you that little fucking surname? That's it. It is. Um, the one thing I did learn was You're allowed to marry in the royal family. I don't know. No, when it was uh, John Cleese when he got knighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, his daughter was like, this is a big deal. You're going to get knighted. And he's like, yeah, but what? It's just a thing. It's nothing major. It's more of a- and his daughter really looked into it. And like the one big thing that he is allowed to do, and it's still on the books, is like, I think one time during the year he can run a herd of sheep through like London Square. And what? he's like, I want to do this. <laughs> just because no one's probably yeah, done exactly. it in like a hundred years. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Okay, Mary, let's talk about some weekly picks. Yeah. What do you got for us this week? A weekly pick is a movie that I saw last week after this podcast that we had done last week. Uh, Not this specific one, (laughs) but the one that we did last week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I went to go see Parasite. Oh, that's right. With a friend. Um, oh, the okay. director, I've been hearing about this. The director also directed Snowpiercer. Oh, okay. So, uh, it was... Foreign film, right? Uh, yeah, it's Korean. It's in Korean. Uh, subtitles. Um, it is so good. It is, yeah. It's got dark comedy. It is satire. It's a take on the inequality of, like, the rich and the poor. We have, like, our, our rich parks and they live on, on the top of a hill... And they live the most pristine life. And then you have your Kims and they live down so many flights of stairs in a basement apartment. And they all, all four of them live together in this little teeny apartment that is prone to flooding. And they just never, nothing ever went right for them. So they're, they're down at the bottom. But they eventually, the son gets a job at the park's house to be an english tutor because he was really smart so his friend's like hey i'm leaving uh will you go be the english tutor for this family and he's like yeah sure so anyways they end up infiltrating this house uh taking over this house with these people like they become like the other servants of this house like a maid or a, a driver or another tutor or whatever um and it is so much fun to watch and it makes you think one thing and then it gives you this big twist and you're like what did i just watch it is so good oh that is my pick okay oh i hate to keep picking Watchmen, so i will go with the mandalorian all right (laughs) did you watch episode two i did okay i haven't Um, seen episode two yet but episode two just so when i finished episode one which i'm assuming you've seen that yes oh yeah uh so at the end when they find you know they find out the, the you know, thing it's you find a, out yeah i'm like oh so this is just firefly okay I, I saw this before it was firefly when i watched this and then i watch episode two it's not firefly anymore episode two is, is this is just lone wolf and cub at this point and oh. i'm like okay i'm i'm kind of down for this I really and episode, episode two one. was was 
like they're what about 40 minutes long yeah they're not a full hour but it's just all action in episode two. Oh, you're making like me there, there's there's there are some moments where they you know there's some talking to be done but it's like I'm, i don't want to give anything away because some characters show up where you're like oh shit this oh. they're they're in there okay and and then they he has to go on this quest for them and fight this big beast and uh it's yeah, i really it's, dug the first episode i think i dug it even a little bit more than you did when we talked after the first episode but uh that that makes me even more excited. That yeah, there's a lot of action in the episode because I thought the action was was great in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, what what uh, like I said, the first episode for me, and this is me just trying to critique it, was like the music for me. John Williams score is is a piece of Star Wars for me. Sure. Um, and also like when he's learning to ride the weird horse beast thing, mm-hmm. that really just like brought everything to a halt i'm like i don't need this montage i don't need him to learn yeah i'm like i don't need this because it was everything was flowing so well up until that point and i'm like i don't need this but we got right back into it when uh it went on long enough for me to go okay "Okay, let's get on with things (laughs) (laughs) okay but seeing um the ig unit uh, like actually do is you know because all you see in empire strikes strikes back ig88 is him just standing there yeah. You're like, dude, that robot looks cool. I wonder what he does. And you get to see what the hell they yeah. can do. And it's it's pretty cool. Filling in the gaps, man. Yeah. Mandalorian really gives me... We talked about this the other day. Mandalorian really gives me faith in Star Wars going forward. And I, I really love all of the recent entries into Star Wars. Even Solo is like fine. But like everything else... Solo has its moments. But even definitely. that wasn't really new. It's just retread of shit we already knew. Exactly. But like I am a fan of the newer Star Wars. However, I, I have voiced my complaints that I feel like they constantly play in the same toy box all of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same characters. I'm like, I'd like to see something that's like kind of disconnected or at least a little bit more disconnected than we have been. You might be... You might- Episode two might upset you then. Okay. Maybe um, that's why I was like him. Because I, I, I don't. I, I dug the first episode of The Mandalorian because it was kind of like, okay, this is familiar enough, but it's not the same group of people we've kind of followed around forever. Okay. Like, Because like, with Star Wars, like you've built such an expansive universe. Playing it a little bit more. Show me some story of it's like way off in the distance that's like nobody even remotely connected to anybody we've ever met. Just show me a story about somebody else. See, and the more I think about that, the, I, I, I used to think I wanted that, mm-hmm. but as I watch Mandalorian, I'm like, okay, now we want, I want someone to show up. I want some cameo from somebody. So I go, Ooh, you know, just, yeah. So I think the more I think about it, I'm like, unless it's amazing. Cause like rogue one, rogue one. That's what I always, mm-hmm. it didn't, do much for that's me what I loved until that one. last five minutes and oh, yeah. that of course that's why i loved it oh here's vader here's leia here's Here all this go. shit yeah okay um, that's fair. so i don't know that's just me though uh my weekly pick so kind of similar to kylie's unless you've lived in a rock for the last under a rock for the last couple days disney launched a streaming service called disney plus they um, even have fanastasia <laughs> <laughs> Did That's I an inside that? joke that no one no, will get. No, it was, uh, oh, okay. it's Emily. it was Emily trying to say Fantasia and somehow turned into Fanastasia, oh, which I like is that. way better than any yeah. than either of those <laughs> movies combined. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my my pick is kind of just the the service as a whole because I've I've dug the crap out of it. I've had a okay. lot of fun just playing around on it. But to to get a little specific, just to make sure I have something, um, there's another one of their original shows. It's a docu series called The Imagineer Story. 
Um, the first episode is, is that, out. Uh, is that on the list of like originals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right I, I'm going to have to find that. Um, I, the first episode's like an hour and something. It was oh, a good okay. little bit of time. And nice. the first episode's all about like the making of Disneyland, like the building. And like if you're like a wannabe Disney historian like me, I love that stuff. There's some like old. Oh, it, it sounds like something I'd, I'd there's enjoy some old, the hell out like, of. I idolize Walt Disney. And like there's some like old clip recordings and films of him that I've never seen before, which is always really cool to me. Just any clips of him speaking and stuff, it's like there's not a lot of it because it was so back in the day, you know. So, like, anytime I get to see like new footage of Walt Disney or hear more voice clips of him talking about different things, it's like, oh, this is amazing. And they kind of go through some of like the the real famous rides, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a small one, kind of tell you the stories of where the ideas for those rides came from, how they built them, where the idea, like, just stuff like that. That's like the crack to me. Like, I wasn't expecting any of that stuff on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna have the movies and the Pixar stuff and Star Wars and Marvel. Like yeah. when I saw that, I was like, what is this? And I watched it. I was like, oh dude, if they're gonna do stuff like this, like Disney history, is it just shit, a one-off thing or is it gonna be a weekly? It says episode series. one. Okay. I don't know if it's weekly or whatever, but it's a it's a it's a show. It says episode one, so I'm assuming there's more coming. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I I dug the crap out of it. They have a bunch of like the original like engineers and architects that built the rides that are still alive that are on the documentary talking about them are they just um, frozen heads yeah <laughs> yes. um, th- there was this myth forever um that there was a basketball court inside the matterhorn that they built a I basketball thought, is, court. is that not real and well so disney had kind of denied it or they've been kind of tongue-in-cheek about it or whatever in this docuseries you get the one of the engineers and the matterhorn that takes you inside the ride you get to see it on camera oh, it's like few okay. people have ever seen this and you get to see the inside of the Matterhorn. So nice, and you know whether or not there's a basketball court is answered in in the in the series. It's nice. it's, it's amazing, and it was just like, oh my god, like they're doing this. It's a, like cool. the the parts of the ride you never get to see all the wires, all the yeah. crap of the break room that's inside the ride that they built while they were putting the whole thing together. It's amazing. Nice. So yeah, I can't recommend that enough. If if you're into that kind of stuff, which I like, I hope. There's more stuff like that coming. Like, give me all the Disney history yeah. stuff. I'll watch that stuff all day long. So. I've I've had it for well since it came out. What was that Tuesday. Tuesday? And all I've done is watch. I watched a couple X Men episodes, oh, yeah. but it was it's been Simpsons, and Mandalorian, and then I watched the two episodes of the Jeff Goldblum, The World According is to that Jeff. Any good? It's good. Yeah. Is it? Okay. If you like Jeff Goldblum at all, check that out. I've watched about and five it's part hours. of the it's part of the National Geographic part yeah. of everything. Um, they got all their little docu series, but other than that, well. like every time I think of a Disney thing I want to watch, mm-hmm. I'll type it in and it's not on there. Really? I'm like, well, son of a bitch. There's been very few things I've looked for that haven't wow. been on there. But I'm looking point. for like the weird stuff, like the the old like wonderful wonderful world of Disney like TV stuff they did back when uh, I was a kid on television. Yeah, okay. um, they did part of that was they did a Love Bug. It wasn't. A, I mean, it was called the Love Bug. But when you watch it, you can see, oh, this is actually continuing the story of Herbie. Herbie um, but Bruce Campbell was in it. Oh. And I remember watching that and loving the crap out of it because they did an evil Herbie and he was black and had spikes and on it. And they just keep adding that to that catalog. I'm sure they will. Sure I hope they will. But there's been quite a few things I've looked for. And I'm like, well, that's you know not what I'm on surprised here. isn't on there. At least I haven't seen on there yet. It's like original like Mickey Mouse Club stuff. Oh, like the old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm kind of surprised that they got not some of the new there. stuff, don't they? Do they? I haven't seen any of that. I, stuff. I'm, I think so, oh, but okay. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I just I've watched like four or five hours of Ducktales already in the last couple nice. days. It's been amazing. Nice. Um, 
So see, and that's that's another problem is when I was looking through it, there was there is so much stuff that I want to stop and rewatch. Like yeah. I want to watch Gargoyles. I want to watch Gummy Bears. I want to watch X-Men. Gargoyles. I want to watch the Spider-Man cartoons. Gargoyles does but hold it, up, But it gets honestly. to a point where it's like overload for me. It is. And it is. then I just go back to The Simpsons. Like, okay, Simpsons is safe. It's your comfort zone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many choices. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to watch Into the Woods, but I couldn't because it's under contract under somebody else. Oh, currently. Okay. Like for like two more weeks? Yeah, for only like two weeks. Oh. It has oh. the date of when it's coming. It's just, oh, yeah. I see. Kind of like so if you look like every, all that. the Star Wars movies except for Last Jedi and Solo are both on there are on Disney Plus because they're both on Netflix still. So once their contracts are up, then they'll be they'll on. Pop on. So <laughs> they'll they'll continue to build it. If you're a Disney fan, even in the slightest, I think the six ninety nine is well worth. Like I'm enjoying yeah. the hell out of this service so far. Like I would I, agree with you though about the overload. Like I'm look I look at all the movies. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many movies. For me, it's more show because like most of the movies we have. Like, well, the, see, a lot of the stuff I was trying to look up were like the old school live action movies. Like when I won't even say it, I want to say I saw them when I was a kid, but they were probably yeah. re-released when I was a kid. And some of them are on there, like the classics are 20, on there. Under the sea, but Swiss like, you know, Robinson. like Pollyanna and the original mm-hmm. Parent Trap and stuff like that. But they don't have like, I don't think they have Parent Trap 2 or 3 on there. Treasure or, Island's on there, though. Oh, is and Swiss the, Family Robinson on there? Yeah. Okay. Not only is Treasure Island Town. on there, but the Muppets Treasure Island. He doesn't care. I don't care. They have Halloween that. Town. What? You don't care about the Muppets? Uh, no, I I, I like <laughs> I Muppet really Movie and the, the Great Muppet Caper. Oh, that shit's on there. All the old Muppet movies nice. are on there. That's the shit right there. Muppets in Space is on there. <laughs> 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 we could talk. We could do a whole podcast on we Disney could. Plus. But yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. my weekly pick. It's we need Disney Plus creator as a whole. Yeah, we're gonna pick the next creator focus episode. That's my turn to pick. So I'm gonna pick. Here is I feel like I haven't done it for like forever. Of, well, Kylie picked the last one, so that means it's me. You, I feel like you picked the last you, two. No, you picked... Um, Kylie picked the last one and talked about how Neil Gaiman was misspelled. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's incredible memory. All right. Next month, we're going to be talking about this person whose name I have not looked at yet. Come on, but Frank I, Miller. Come on. I already have notes for him. Um, oh, God. Me? Kylie and Mary are gonna have a good time. It's Mark Miller. Mark Miller! Oh yes! yes! <laughs> Mark Miller is the next character. Oh, we can, I, can, I can talk oh, I can about this. I can finally read the while. Magic Order. I've been I've been wanting an excuse to read mm-hmm. that book because I heard it was awesome. Now I have a reason to buy it. Cool. What should I read or reread? American I, Jesus is pretty sweet. I heard of, I heard uh, Magic I, Order was anything, awesome. Anything of his. I he's one of those guys that is never disappointed me when I read his stuff. Oh, read Old Man Logan again, just because why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right, that does it for us this week, guys. Make sure you guys are checking out the Nerd Dome podcast. That's Kyler's other podcast. Hashtag fuck you, Charles. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for Charles at the end, but it didn't come. It's like, fuck you. Um, Make sure you guys are following us on social media everywhere. We will be back here next week for It Wasn't That Bad because we're going to have Star Wars kind of taking over the podcast Mm -hmm. for the next month or at least a good chunk of it. And so we'll be watching, in my opinion, the worst Star Wars movie ever made, Attack of the Clones. What? Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace is better than Attack of the Clones. No, I disagree. I would agree. Yeah. We'll talk about this next week. 
Um, Listen, I enjoy them all, but definitely episode two is the yeah, worst. Two, two is the most skippable. Two one. has some cool shit in it, though, man. One has a some lot of cool shit. shit. Darth Maul no. is in one. Dar- Darth Maul immediately puts Phantom Menace over. Guys. No, no. We'll okay. thought Darth Maul was a throwaway character in that. You're a okay, throwaway character. He was such an amazing character. <laughs> <laughs> in the books, he was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty cool in Clone Wars too. That was a weird oh. laugh. Don't. Don't touch me. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I had a weird thing. <clears throat> okay. Follow us on social media, guys. Fortress of Comic 2 Podcast. Pretty much everywhere. FOC underscore podcast. Google us. Whatever. <laughs> podcast is on Spotify. You Apple Podcasts. Like all that stuff. follow us. Please follow us and leave reviews. Please. It's how I people care. can find us. Please like my tweets. <laughs> Please respond to our tweets. We just, we need attention. <laughs> We are attention whores. That's why we do this. We want attention. If Mary doesn't right? get attention from strangers online, she'll have to go back to the clinic again. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> to learn how to read? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amongst other things. Uh, so please, subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to talk about a bad Star Wars movie. Until then, my name is Tyler. I'm never doing notes again. <laughs> I'm Mary. And I'm the Schwab thing. <laughs> and we'll see you next time, friends. <laughs> 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 <laughs>